Hello, health investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so excited you're here with me today for the first episode in my first series. As you probably already saw when you clicked play, you're about to listen to the first piece of a three-part series called Actionable Tips for Sustaining a Healthy Diet and Lifestyle. I came up with the idea for this series while scrolling Instagram one day, where most great ideas happen, am I right? I follow so many amazing health and nutrition coaches who post so much incredible content, so I wanted to put them on your radar. I wanted to invite them on to share all of their invaluable tips, tricks, and habits. My promise to you is this. Each episode in this three-part series is going to be packed with simple, actionable tips that actually work for sustaining a healthy diet and lifestyle. I know you're going to love what each of these coaches has to say if your goal is to look and feel your best without any BS. And honestly, who doesn't want that? First up is Tracy Godek. Tracy is a certified health coach and personal trainer who helps women gain confidence and happiness while taking control of their health. Her focus is to help women set themselves up for success by learning how to prep and plan a system that works best for each of them. As a mom, she recognizes how overwhelming it can be for women to make room on their plates for what they need, but she also knows how hard it is to pour from an empty cup. She mentors women to help them focus on solutions that create manageable and sustainable ways to get healthier, feel better, and still do all the things for all the people, including themselves. She works with women, both individually and through her monthly accountability group called the Fit Tribe, to guide them in finding what works in their own lives because one answer only works for one woman. Tracy was also a teacher, like me, and she has such a fun, bubbly personality. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Without further ado, let's get right to Tracy's tips. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one, so visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I know I have learned so much from what you've shared on your feed and in your Instagram stories, so I can't wait for listeners to learn the same. Hey, Brooke. It is so good to be here with you. I so enjoy checking in with the health investment every day. Um, I share so many of your your thoughts and your tips and just your way of approaching health that I'm always looking to see what you're writing, what you're sharing. So it's such a pleasure to be able to hang out with you here today. 
Well, ditto. And I will say, I think we're very aligned, but you really have a way with words. I've said that to you before. Oh, thank you so much. No, seriously, your posts, every time I read one of your posts, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I need to write like that. (laughs) No, but seriously, they're really, really good. So we'll definitely let everyone know where they can follow and find you at the end. But for now, will you share with everyone just your story and your background and what led you to get into this nutrition health? fitness world to begin with? Absolutely. Um, I am the last person that I ever would have imagined you chatting with today about health and fitness if you had talked to me five or six years ago because it just wasn't on my radar of life at all. I was teaching middle school. I taught sixth grade English and social studies for about nine years. Um, I had my son. I returned back to the classroom and kind of just was set in my ways. Um, I had been in and out of workout routines and kind of sort of healthy eating every now and then, um, but never really found anything that stuck, really didn't even have a lot of concern for it. I was so overwhelmed just in the day-to-day of teaching and then adding a newborn into it that I never made the connection between how I was feeling and what I was or was not doing for my health. They, They didn't connect for me for a long time. And I was just kind of in the routine of everyday life. And then our world kind of shook when about two weeks before I was returning back to school, Again, in August, so this was going to be the second year since my son had been born, um, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And Mm. it was a shock. And it was something that really rattled me in terms of health, but not even initially. First, it was all about her. I ended up having to take an emergency leave from the classroom to help her um, throughout her journey, which thankfully she's doing really well. And, um, and she's been a big part of my inspiration for this, but I took the year off and then ended up not going back to the classroom because I was raising my son. I had helped her for the year that she was going through that. And health was very much at the forefront of our lives at that point, but I still saw it as as her health and what she was going through. And as we went through that year, And we went to doctor's appointments and I saw everything that she was fighting through. So many times I would be sitting with her and a doctor or a nurse would say how how much of an advantage the good health she was in prior to this was to her current situation. Mm. And it was one aha moment after the other where Every I was thinking about, oh, I'm so glad she was doing this for herself. Oh, I'm so glad that she had been taking care of herself. And then I was thinking to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing for myself? Here she is fighting to get her health back. And I, for the first time, I felt like I was taking mine for granted, that I just assumed it was all going to keep going um, at, and I didn't have to do anything or invest the time and energy into it. And once she started feeling better, um, all the dust kind of settled and be the role of caretaker for her and um, or caregiver for her, because she spent a lot of time with us during her journey, um, as well as being a mother, it all kind of started to settle around me. And I realized that I hadn't done much to take care of myself physically, uh, mentally, and I didn't have any set pattern or routine 
for myself. And like I had said, I had been in and out of patterns for a long time throughout my life, but never really taken my health seriously. And this was the first time where I just hit a point where the stress of the the year prior and all the changes that had unexpectedly taken place hit me. And I wasn't feeling great. I was feeling tired. I was feeling run down. I was feeling, I had incredible migraines more consistently than ever before. And I just got tired of feeling that way. And I saw her journey, like I said, all these doctors that had commended her for for her health and and how she had taken care of it and how it set her up um, for a greater advantage now. And I I saw what I wasn't doing for myself. And I decided, you know what? I need to start. I need to start somewhere. I need to figure this out. I need to put the excuses aside that I have this young child and and I need to find a way because I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I started with just 30 minutes of exercise in my basement every day when he would take a nap. On the days he wouldn't nap, I would cry a little inside. Like, why won't you please sleep? But but instead of skipping it, I did it anyway. And in continuing to do it, I felt better. And I could not believe the difference that I was feeling by these little 30 minutes of exercise and then looking at my food and thinking, well, if I'm exercising, I should probably be looking at what I'm eating too. And I didn't want to do a diet because I knew that would never last with me. And I wanted something that seemed like I could live my life and and continue to feel better without feeling like I was missing out on everything, you know, right, wonderful right. and delicious. So I started looking for different ways that I could manage portions or balance out food groups and maybe eat vegetables instead of carbs all the time and uh, drink more water. And it's amazing when you start hydrating, <laughs> what a difference it feels like. It, and is, it crazy. is crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. All these things that I just never, they were not on my radar. And once I started piecing them in one by one, I felt so much better. I And I figured if I can do this, if I can find a way to make this work with no background knowledge whatsoever about how to do this or where to start, I can, I can try to help other people feel that same empowerment too. And especially moms, because I was able to relate to that. That's where I I was and where I am right now very much. And I, I would talk, the more and more moms that I would gain through friendships via my son and his life, the more we we would talk about how they didn't feel great or they were feeling run down or they wanted to find a way to work out but didn't didn't know how. And I would start sharing with them what I was doing and they would try it. It would work. And then they'd say, okay, now tell me more. <laughs> okay, now, okay, now what else should I do? And then they would tell someone and it kind of expanded and it bridged what I was doing in the present with what I've always loved doing in the past, which was teaching. And it gave me this new way to connect them in this new season of life where I was home and not in the classroom, but still able to teach and empower people and inspire people to to make that change for themselves and to take the time and to find a way. What I love about your Instagram handle and just your whole philosophy is your handle is prepped and planned. 
And what I'm always talking with clients and friends and family about is just how much of a difference it makes when you are prepared in advance with snacks and things or even workouts you're going to do. I mean, the preparation helps you to be consistent. And I just think consistency is so key. So that's what I love about your whole message and everything you you do, the the prep. So talking about that, like what are some of your best, let's talk diet first, the nutrition. What are some of your best prep tips for busy moms or just busy people that make it easy to stick with the new health choices you've made in terms of diet? I think less is more is always the first place that I start when thinking about prepping because drawing from my own experience, once I made the change to eat healthier and I started liking more and more vegetables and different foods, then then I got the mindset of, well, now I have to make every recipe I've ever like right. seen and loved and <laughs> was way over ambitious. And it all of a sudden turned into a lot of work. And that's where that um, that false truth about healthy has to be a lot of work or has to be a lot of money, I think sometimes comes into play because it doesn't have to be. And I think when we start small, we can always add more and we can always grow more. But I always encourage starting really simple and even just starting with one meal. That's always where I say, pick one meal and really make that your focus point for a week, two weeks until it feels like you have a good, consistent, either repertoire of choices or some people just like to repeat the same two things throughout the week. Um, But rather than changing everything at once, my first prep tip is always start with one and just give your energy to that so that you don't feel like you're changing your whole world overnight because that can be overwhelming and that can be where we then pull back and think this is too hard. I'm just going to go back to what I know because what we know feels really comfortable, but comfortable isn't always going to get us to feel better. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't realize how good we can feel if we leave that comfort zone. Hmm. For sure. What about, what are some of your just easiest things you prep? Let's start with breakfast. What what are your go-tos? Breakfast, I keep really simple because I feel like mornings are rushed for a lot of people. It's like, how fast can we get everybody out the door and where they need to be? Um, I stick to pretty much either a yogurt bowl. So I'll post a lot about the yo bowls that I'll make, which are typically made up of uh, just a Greek yogurt. And then I'll pair a fruit with it, maybe some nut butter. And it just becomes this little bowl of goodness, but it's super easy that you can prep it even the night before if you want to. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of overnight oats for the same reason that you can make two or three days in a row and line them up, make them. And then in the morning, you just pull from them and they can either come with you and eat them cold. You could reheat them if you want to. Um, As much as I love things like eggs and those warm breakfast meals, I find that sometimes people just don't have the time. So they, they, they might plan for them, but then it doesn't actually become a consistent reality. So I tend to lean more towards a colder option that can either be sitting in that fridge waiting for me or is really easy to piece together. Yeah. When I was teaching, I used to joke that I was like a firefighter in the morning. I would wake up at the very last second and I would shower the night before. So I had like my clothes ready. I would put them on. My hair was always in a bun and I would just grab something 
from the fridge. Like there was no, there were not five extra minutes to spare for making eggs. Like I, yes, I could have gotten up earlier, but that wouldn't have been sustainable for me. Like you have to figure out what works for you. And for me, I never would have done that. For some people, they enjoy getting up earlier and reading the news and having a leisurely cup of coffee. And like, that's great for that person. But it's so much, I think, about self-awareness of if you are that grab-and-go person, figuring out those things that you can just have in rotation, like you said. Yep. And I think- Have you ever- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think whatever, and knowing what what we are going to be more likely to repeat is really important too, because- if we don't repeat it and we don't make it a habit, then it's it's not going to serve its purpose, which is to create that system, which is a big thing about what um, I will coach clients through as well is just setting yourself up. I mean, that's the key to being to being prepped and planned is having a system that you can depend on and that totally. is predictable because life will always give you plenty of things that are unpredictable. So having what you can keep consistent, I find to be helpful. Have you ever uh, fermented oats? No, but I see you have been. It's my new thing. I have some waiting in the fridge right now, actually. What do you think? I love them. They Somebody, I found some recipe online and it, they call them sourdough oats. And that is really kind of what they taste like. They have more of a sour taste, just okay. like sourdough bread. I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. So you basically just make the overnight oats that you would, but you leave them out, which sounds weird. Um, but I haven't died yet, so... <laughs> Here. <laughs> but yeah, but you put, so you just put equal parts. Well, first you put, let's say a cup of water or that I'm making two servings. So a half cup of water okay. and then a tablespoon of uh full fat, plain Greek yogurt that has okay. the active live cultures in it. So like Faye or Chobani okay. and then you whisk that together. So you have kind of this creamy, milky looking liquid, and then you okay. just put an equal part of oats in. So a half cup of oats. And then mix it up, leave it on the counter, room temperature overnight. And then in the morning, I mean, it's kind of at that point, it's not super cold. So it kind of depends, you know, if you like really cold oats, you could put it in the fridge then and even eat it the day after. Um, Or you can even then just cook them and heat them up if you prefer hot oats. But apparently fermenting the oats breaks down um, the fibers in the oats, and then it also helps you to absorb the nutrients from them even more. So it just is kind of a more flavorful, healthier version of overnight oats, which I am now literally obsessed with. (laughs) (laughs) And now I must have them. Yeah. And now I must have them every day. And my husband has never liked oatmeal, but now every night he's like, are you making the fermented oats? So. Oh, I am. (laughs) Yeah. But I love, you know, just, it tastes so delicious. I mean, we'll put fruit and chia seeds and, nut butter, like you mentioned, but we'll put yeah. toppings on it and even some extra yogurt sometimes for some extra protein, but it's delicious. delicious. Yeah. So good. And so simple. You were the first person I saw that did it. And I, I was like, Hmm, my wheels started turning. Like, I don't know why more people aren't doing that. I mean, I guess people don't know about it, but yeah, highly, highly recommend. What are Give some me all the oat recipes? Exactly, <laughs> love them. What are some of your go-to lunches? Let's say it, it could be taking lunch to work or even okay. prepping lunch for yourself at home. I actually, it's strange because lunch is the hardest meal for me. Mm-hmm. Breakfast and dinner, I find to be way easier to have a plan for, to have some sort of direction to go in. I actually find lunch is my hardest because when pre-quarantine, when my son was in school, I would be leaving at what would probably be my 
best lunchtime to go pick him up. So I felt like interrupting that time period never really um, – so many times I would either just grab something that wasn't as sustainable or skip it. And then I'd be so hungry before dinner time would even come around. So this has been something I've been really focusing on. And what I've come down to realize is for me, it either has to be leftovers from dinner Mm -hmm. that as I'm packing the leftovers at dinner time, I'm already either putting together physically or just visualizing how it will look as lunch the next day, because then I know it's just a matter of reheating. Or I have been making, when it was a little colder out, I did big batches of chili in the Mm. slow cooker. And I would use that and just scoop it out each day because there was very little I had to do in terms of thinking when it came to lunchtime. And I couldn't use that excuse that, oh, I'm so busy or, oh, I have to just finish this one thing because I would say it to myself, this is simply a matter of reheating. I can, I can do it. Like, right. Come on. If I can't do that, we have big problems. If I can't take the minute and a half to reheat this. So uh, chili was working really well for me. Any kind of soup I think is really um, a great lunchtime thing because whether you're at the office or you're home or now you're homeschooling and your kids are there all the time, that middle of the day can feel really rushed and we can tend to gloss over things for ourselves first if it means giving the time and energy to something or somebody else. So having something that is looking back at me in the fridge as a visual reminder, whether it be those di- that dinner from the night before prepped salads are great. Even using overnight oats for a lunch and then pairing a veggie snack later in the afternoon, sometimes I'll do, is really helpful because mm-hmm. it eliminates the the self um, it, the self-rationalization that happens with like, oh, you don't need to do this. You can just skip it. But I need to have it. I need that like midday fuel. For sure. I mean, the more we talk, I just am thinking we are literally the exact same person because <laughs> I am a huge fan of leftovers. I don't understand anybody who does not enjoy leftovers because yeah. it's already made them. for you. It's like a no brainer to me. But it's like then, a gift to your future self. I just, yeah, I like, love you know. <laughs> leftovers. But then also we have a huge batch of chili in our fridge right now Yep. Um, because I've just been making that. It's just really, really easy to make. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's, and it's really again, delicious and warming and amazing in the middle of the day, or even sometimes we'll have it for dinner to have a bowl of chili with, you know, scallions on top and sour cream or Greek yogurt and cheese. I mean, it's delicious. It's such a comfort food, but so full of fiber and protein. You can get plant proteins in there, but even... I'm a big fan of the slow cooker too when when prepping at the top of a week because it really can last for so many days and you can do so many different things with it. So even if you're prepping a whole bunch of chicken in the slow cooker, what you do with that chicken at lunchtime every day can have variety to it. Mm-hmm. So for some people, they don't want to eat the same thing every day. So I suggest a standard base. So let's say uh, a chicken, a spicy chicken that was done in the slow cooker. Change the bottom to it each day to give yourself a variety. So maybe one day it's over greens. Maybe the next day it's rolled in a wrap. Maybe the day after that it's over farro. And and keeping it consistent to a degree so that you're not recreating the wheel every day, but giving yourself that little bit of variety can make you feel like 
you're not living the same day in the same menu over and over if that's not your jam. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like that idea of kind of a more of a template than a recipe of yes. just putting pieces together. I'm not really a recipe person. I think they're great. If people love recipes, I have nothing against them, but I just find them to be kind of too time intensive. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts on recipes, recipes. and yeah, how do you go oh, to or like, you can move into dinner too? How do you think about that? Well, I like the idea of a recipe as a good starting point. So right. if I've never made anything before and I don't I really can't think about what the proportions of the ingredients should be or or how they should all flow together. I like using a recipe as a starting point, but what I find is that I spend a lot of time just combing through the recipe. I love cookbooks. I have this huge cookbook collection that mm-hmm. is like I just like the pictures and I, I love food and I love learning about it. But when it comes down to the everyday life of dinner, I'm not looking at a recipe each time. I might pull one out once or twice a week, but really I'm leaning on food groups and cooking in batches. Mm. So I'm thinking about, okay, dinner for us is typically proteins and veggies. So what's the protein going to be tonight? What's the veggie going to be tonight? And I will do batch cooking or batch prepping. So I might prep a a bunch of different vegetables and each night mix and match them. Mm -hmm. So we might have broccoli, cauliflower, uh, roasted red cabbage, crispy cabbage, um, Brussels sprouts. They might all be in the fridge, but how they come out and mesh together each night looks different based on the mood that we're in. So if we want something um, a little spicier, if we're going more Italian, but I like having them available and then pairing them differently rather than having to be locked into this is the set recipe for tonight. I like to try the recipes, but the more likely scenario of our weeknights is that there's some sort of batch prepping that is happening or has already happened that I'm now mixing and matching. I'm also a big fan of anything that can happen in one pot or on one pan. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) That can then just be roasted or just done in one place because it just makes it easier. And like I said, when something feels or is perceived to be easier for us, we're likely to repeat it. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's the the holy grail or the answer, if you will. I mean, that's the only reason that I've sustained a healthy diet for years is because I've made it so, so, so easy. Oh, a thousand percent. There's no way I'm sustaining anything, even if it takes me longer than 10 minutes, let's say. to. Pro- I mean, it's like we make the simplest stuff. And I, and I love that simple can be so delicious yeah. because I think that was a big misconception for myself for a long time was it has to be this beautiful meal and it has to be all these different ingredients, but it really doesn't. It mm-hmm. really can be so super simple. I usually only dress salads with like one of three different dressings. There's not a lot of different variety there. Um, I will make something in terms of prepping for my son, who you know isn't always on the same <laughs> dietary page as my <laughs> 
he's willing to try, but he's not always quite there with me. Um, you know, I, I think that for, if you're, if you're prepping for kids, it's helpful to, instead of having to feel like you're making multiple meals for everybody, it's helpful to also have that common thread. So everybody's getting chicken, but what he gets on the side with his chicken might look different than the veggie side that I'm having. I'll expose him to the veggies. So he might have to have a little bit of them with his potatoes or whatever else he's having. But what I use then for my side is probably going to be more veggie intensive, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But creating those common threads makes it easier to prep for everyone because the second you feel like you have to start making multiple meals, it's like mentally check out. Like, I don't want to do this. Let's just get takeout. Let's just do this. And for a long time, I thought that was the easiest solution, but it doesn't have to be. Right. It can be just as easy to prep it yourself at home. What are some of your grocery shopping staples, the things you always get? Oh, it's it's like really the same things all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because like I said, I liked having those bases. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in food groups. I really think in terms of food groups because I like to make sure I'm getting all of them. I don't eliminate any of them from my meals each day because I think they all have a different role in our bodies and our health. So for proteins, I like to do a lot of plant protein. I'll have farro, I'll have quinoa, I'll have all different types of beans. Um, then for I'll have some, I'll have salmon every week. Um, I love salmon. I think it's just delicious so and good. so simple. Um, and it really doesn't need a lot. It kind of can hold its own. I love to do shrimp throughout the week. And then for veggies, I'll rotate them. So maybe this one week I might get a couple of spaghetti squash, which is just, it's so delicious and can be such a great substitute for pasta. Not that you don't know that you're eating squash and not pasta. Right, because, right, okay, right. you do. <laughs> but the pasta is so often just a vehicle for what we're putting on top of it that you can still have the delicious sauce. You could still have the meats or the fish or whatever it is that you were putting with your pasta. It's just the squashes underneath it instead. And I like a big volume, high volume meal. That's just, I like that look on the plate of lots of different foods being there. So for high volume, I can pile that squash on there and, and it's going to have, it's going to feel better afterwards for me than the discomfort of the pasta. And I still get that delicious sauce and, and cheese or whatever I want to to do to it. So spaghetti squash is often in the cart. I'll do Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. I think those hold up really well. So even if you don't use them right away, you have a little bit of wiggle room with them before mm. you have to use them. Red cabbage is awesome. I like it hot, either roasted or cold. You can mix it up as different coleslaws, which gives a nice crunch to lunch or dinner as well. Oats, yogurt. Um, I think that having something in there to spice everything up is really helpful. So either the crunchiness of nuts or those nut butters or seeds for, like we said, the oats or those sweet breakfasts 
is good to have on hand. I will also have um, different toppers for nighttime. So if we're doing dinner, I might have, if I know we're going to do like burritos one night, just getting those fresh herbs of cilantro and maybe uh, some getting some fresh basil when it's in season for the pasta dishes or the spaghetti squash dishes um, adds a little element of freshness. You feel like you're getting something really special and you're home and you're doing it yourself, which is so important. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about your nutrition habits is what are your favorite go-to spices or sauces? What, What do you usually use to dress things or spice things up? Well, on the spicy side, I love Trader Joe's does a great job of different combo spices. So they're class everything but the bagel seasoning is awesome. Oh, right. I mean, you could just put so you could put that to use in so many different ways. Um, that's great. They have a couple of different spice blends that are fun together, but more often than not, I'll make up my own little blend. I like paprika. I think that can bring a lot of dishes to life. Cumin, a little chili powder if you want it to be spicy. Um, Then if we're going more to like the Italian side, a little oregano and basil makes everything kind of have that pizza pasta feel to it, which is delicious. Um, For sauces, I keep it really simple. So if I am not making a tomato sauce, then when I'm looking to purchase a tomato sauce, I look for the simplest, most basic ingredients without adding a lot of the sugar and the oil. Like, just give me the veggies in the jar. Right, right. <laughs> Already there. Yeah. Um, and and that's really when I'm looking for sauces or really – food of any type that I'm that's already prepared either in a can or however I'm purchasing it learning to read those labels was super empowering for me mm-hmm. because I just never thought about it and then once you learn it it's one of those things you can't unlearn because you just mm-hmm. then look for it and you're looking to and you begin to look and realize that there's so many fillers in so many places that when when I'm looking for any sort of sauce, I'm now looking at, okay, what are the first few ingredients? What is this mostly made up of? And how close is this to what I would make on my own? I know. I always kind of jokingly apologize to clients when talking about labels because I'm like, sorry, I'm going to ruin grocery shopping yes. for you. But it's really empowering. It is once you learn what's in foods and how you can't trust just the buzzwords on the front of the packaging of organic or non-GMO. You've really got to look into the ingredients, but then once you do, it can be very disappointing. Pretty much everything is filled with all the binders and additives and added sugar and vegetable oils. It's like, well, that's really disheartening. Yes. (laughs) Grocery shopping is not as fun anymore. No, it takes on a whole new meaning. But But what's interesting is that once I realized that, it was another aha moment where I thought, okay, this is why I have been feeling the way I've been feeling for 30 plus years because I didn't think about any of this and I didn't ever – so much of what I would eat would be grab and go, prepared foods, packaged. It seemed easy. It tasted good. I was all in. That was pretty much it. So once I started seeing what was in – 
all this food that I had been making and preparing for so long, it like all made sense. Like, okay, well, this is probably why I haven't felt great. And I wonder what would happen if I just reduce this a little, not even take it all away because Mm -hmm. that's almost unrealistic too, to think that I'm going to make every meal forever on my own because I'm not. No. But even reducing it makes such a big difference. Well, and I think you're making such a good point about connecting what you're eating to how you're feeling. Yes. Once you make that connection, it's so powerful. It's like you said, once you learn the labels, you can't unlearn. Yep. You can't go back. You don't want to go back to the way you were feeling because you feel so amazing. Yep. But then at the same time, you want to enjoy life. So, you know, it's a conscious choice when I eat at restaurants or, you know, I do not eat what I would call like a clean or perfect diet by any means. Right. Um, but it's not a problem because I'm prepping so much for myself that those are just kind of little blips on the radar. Maybe I'll feel a little sluggish or something after eating a certain thing at a restaurant or whatever, but it's not a big deal because it's not a permanent feeling. It's going to go away. Exactly. In a few hours of the next day. And then it's moving on with life. It's never like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty because I ate this thing. It's just like, that was delicious and amazing. And I had fun. And now. I'm going to make myself some more fermented oats. (laughs) Yes. And that is such a valid point too, that I'm sure you find with clients that you work with as well, that there's this whole, it starts out, they come to you and they have a a concrete goal, usually weight loss related. At least that's what I've found that Mm -hmm. I want to lose X amount of weight or I want to do this. But then it becomes so much more when we start doing the work because we begin to undo those mindsets of right versus wrong or I was really good today or I was bad today and and undoing all of that that we've been just tied up in for so long and and realizing that it's the mindset is such a big part of the process and if we want this to be for life, if we want to feel good and stop the yo-yoing and stop the back and forth, back and forth, and just sustain a happy and healthy, empowered lifestyle, then we need to make room for all the parts of life in it. And sometimes that's a celebration and sometimes that's going out to eat and sometimes that's just not feeling like cooking right? <laughs> and, and that's all okay and and helping them and working with them to to understand that and kind of release all those preconceived notions that it has to be this way or that is one of the most rewarding things about health coaching. Yeah. And I, I can just, I just know that I know you'll agree a thousand percent. I know. <laughs> I'm like, how many times can I say I agree 100%? <laughs> yeah, but I know you, I, I, I know that's how you feel too. And, and that's just one of the, one of the really cool things that happens over the, the time together. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen overnight for me. And it, it hasn't happened overnight for anybody else that I've worked with because you have to live through it and talk about it as you're going through it and bounce those ideas off and realize that, okay, I'm zooming out and realizing this dinner out was really enjoyable. I don't regret it for a second. And I still feel really, feel really good about what I'm doing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's empowering. For sure. And it takes time. And, it does, and that's yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it can take weeks, months, years, but again, yeah. I think you know, the more consistent, simple things you do, it always compounds 
and yep. your success is inevitable if you just keep doing those things yep. over and over day after day. It's like there's no secret sauce. We see all these, I lost 20 pounds in a week or all these crazy oh, things and detoxes yes. and people wasting their money. It makes me so sad because there's so yes. much, so many good intentions out there, but then so much money being wasted Yes, on all of these fads and products that make these crazy promises that aren't going to be long lasting and that are really just taking people's money in my opinion. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's such an instantaneous world where, you know, you can shop right from your phone. You don't even have to plug your credit card info in anymore. And that's all great, but it makes us kind of look for all those quick fixes. And it's, it can be overwhelming when I explain to somebody that this won't be like that, but what you're going to receive as a result is going to be long lasting and right. you're going to feel like you can, you're in a totally different place than you were when you started. And although it won't be overnight, it'll be for life. Right. And that, that's something that when you talk about investing in your health, I think that's one of the things that comes with it is the time and yep. the energy because it's it's not going to be forever because it, it so much of it has to do with it's not going to be overnight because you want it to be forever and so much of it has to do with learning about yourself. Yeah, so true. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. ThriveMarket is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. What would you say in terms of movement and exercise? I was talking to you before we came online that I'm so inspired and jealous of your basement where you have oh, awesome workout you. equipment and it's so cool how you show, you know, your son plays nearby and then you have your little space. Yes. But it's often an obstacle course. I'm sure. I'm sure. There you go. There's more agility yeah. exercises. But what uh what would you say to someone like me who I have my spin bike, I go for walks. Um what are the best kind of simplest, would you say, ways to kind of break into the exercise working out space? I think consistency. I think that anything that you're going to enjoy doing every day or most days is going to be the best way to just make it part of your day. So it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be long. I even sometimes suggest five minutes, honestly, yeah. to start because it's just to begin to create a part of the day that you're prompting yourself to take have that movement. And I find that when that spot in the day stays protected and consistent, then that automatically then begins to build each week. So if I only do five minutes each day this week, but I commit to those five minutes, 
at the same time of day, Monday through Friday. Then next week, maybe I'll try seven minutes or maybe I'll try 10 minutes and just building up from there. Because once your body kicks into it kicks into action and begins to feel good from the movement, we want more and right. we'll, we'll instinctively add more. So I think slowly building time a few days a week and then key, just the key being the same time or same at least approximate time, so morning, afternoon, evening, mm-hmm. helps it become a habit. And helps you create those triggers throughout the day to to get the movement in there. So for me, it's usually morning workouts. So I get up, I get dressed, I go downstairs, I do the workout. It's just part of that morning routine. And once it becomes part of the routine, you think about it less and less and just start Mm -hmm. doing it more and more. So I think going into it a few days a week, building up that time frame, but keeping it consistent and finding something you enjoy. So I don't love spinning as much Mm -hmm. as I like doing other things. So if I had to only do that, it might not hook me to want to do it every day, but I love lifting weights. So Mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going downstairs and I'm going to lift weights or strength train or whatever I'm going to do makes me want to do it. So the only way to find out what we like or what we don't like is try different things. But I think that's a great point because if you were maybe following trends right now and it's everybody's getting a Peloton and then you thought, oh, I have to use a Peloton to get healthy and to exercise. And then you tried it and you hated it. And then you just keep forcing yourself to do it. It's like, well, this sucks. Why do people yes. why do people exercise? Why do people do this every day? I hate this. And you shouldn't I mean, to some degree there has to be some give and take, right? You may not love everything you're doing, but you can't hate it. Right. You can't because you won't do it. And even the things you like, you won't necessarily love doing every day. No, so right. I love working out, but there are days where I am just not feeling it and I just don't want to. Either I'm tired or maybe there's more stress going on, or I missed the morning and now it's the afternoon and I am just not the same inspired person in the afternoon as I am in the morning. Right. But that's where routine kicks in and that's where consistency and that that discipline and that repetition will kick in because I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah. And I like your five minute thing I used to go to the gym. That was part of my whole, in my 20s, trying to figure out how to get healthier and lose weight and yes. feel better. But I actually have discovered I hate the gym. I yes. do not like going. But to get myself to go, I would just tell myself, okay, I'm going to go for five minutes. And if I'm too tired or exhausted or whatever, once I start, I can leave and go home. And that probably only happened once or twice. So usually, you know, that five minutes, you feel, it feels so accessible of I can lift weights for five minutes, but then once you're doing it, and like you said, you start to get that feedback from your body of how great it feels. And it's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll do 10 or 15 because I've already got it all set up here. And now I'm already here. So I'm just going to stay for the full 20 or the full 30 because why stop now? And I have the, we have these conversations with ourselves all the time because we're always looking, our minds are always looking for ways to protect us and to make it easier for us and to, and, and to stop us from feeling that push or that challenge. But when we 
talk back, so to speak, and we decide to lean into the challenge or to push for those extra couple of minutes, breaking through that comfort really does so much for the next time that you show up because you remember Mm -hmm. that you did it. So you might remember back to that time where you swore you were only going to work out for 10 minutes, but you stayed for 30. And that's when you inspire you. And it doesn't become about anybody you see on Instagram or the celebrities that are doing this or that. It becomes, look at what I'm doing for me. Look at what I did the last time I showed up here. I can do it again. I know I can. And when you... Well, right. And I think it's so helpful to hear somebody like you who does work out pretty much every day and you have, you know, your routines and your setup, but to hear even you say, I don't always feel like doing it. I think sometimes we think that not feeling like it, not having the motivation means there's something wrong with us or we're just not cut out for it. But really everybody feels that way. Everybody. And there are days, and sometimes we equate not feeling motivated to feeling failure. Right. I'm not motivated. I must not be meant for this. I'm the only person in the world who's never going to be healthy. And and we begin all this negative self-talk, which is the biggest hurdle that I find most women face is what we say to ourselves. Mm. And we convince ourselves that we're speaking the truth when we're just speaking what we are believing to be true about ourselves, either based on past experiences, based on something somebody said about us once, something we've said about ourselves for years, it doesn't make it true. And once we untangle all of that negative self-talk and we begin to reverse it and turn it into more positive self-talk where we remind ourselves of the things we have done and the accomplishments that we have seen ourselves do, that pushes us forward. And that becomes a whole new level of inspiration because it has to do with you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do with anybody else that you're seeing out there. It has to do with what you're doing for yourself. Yeah. So true. I love that. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing your time with me today. And I know that you obviously have a life beyond the Health Investment Podcast. So uh, the final question I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? I love the idea of the health investment and using that word in there because that's exactly how I see it. When we invest in something, we are buying into it. We're believing in it. We're doing our part to make it grow and make it be successful. And that's exactly what building health habits, building routines does for our health. We're investing, I see it as investing the belief in yourself, investing in the same energy that we give to our jobs, our families, all the other people in our lives, learning to invest that energy into ourselves and the time and recognizing that we don't have to change everything overnight, Mm -hmm. but we can slowly invest the time to live our lives as healthy and happy as we can because we deserve it. And taking all of that and pouring ourselves into it and buying into that and and growing it, that's what brings good health. And that's what creates a life that we're excited about getting up and living and doing each day. And 
you know, life is going to give us all sorts of unpredictable situations as we've seen. And the value of health just rises to the top Mm -hmm. over and over again and proves to be something that is worth investing in. So well said. Like I, like I said, you're very good with your words. <laughs> I'm going to hire you, you as my copywriter. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, where can everyone follow and find you now that everybody's going to want to, you know, know where you are? Oh, well, come hang out with me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Prepped and Planned. And you can also find me at PreppedandPlanned.com. And come hang out. Let's make this world a better place. Let's get healthy. Let's be happy. I love that. You do a monthly fit tribe, correct? I do. I do. So I coach individually and I also run a monthly accountability group for women and it is just the happiest little corner of the internet for me. That's so cool. It seems like it, just all the feedback people give you, it seems like a really, really empowering, motivating thing for people to check out. Oh, it's amazing. And we open up every month. Um, We try to center it around different themes, but really the underlying foundation is always women supporting women, women trying to balance everything and sharing their stories, sharing what's working for them, what's not working for them, giving each other feedback. It's a place of total positivity, which is really hard to find in the world. And it's a place where they can go and it's about them hmm. and it's it's not about everybody else that that they're doing for and taking care taking care of in every day it's a place for them and it's a place for them to hold themselves accountable and to find that support and that motivation because when we have a community of people around us that share in in fighting for and investing in what we want to in our own lives, then the power just grows. Mm, For sure. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me today, Tracy. Thank you. I know you're homeschooling, so that's (laughs) – I mean, I do not have kids. It's different when the student is your child. Oh, I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah, you don't get to say goodbye to them at the end of the day. No. no. That's rough. (laughs) It's a very different classroom. I'm sure. Well, (laughs) good luck with that. And thank Thank you so much for being here today. And I can't wait to stay connected. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.